This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! One rainy day. Two rainy day. Oh, a gracious good afternoon. This is Miss Tomlin of the Telephone Company. Uh, have I reached the party to whom I am speaking? Good. Well, you have reached Stream Queens. That's the podcast where horror gets gay. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that right now because that is ridiculous. Hi, everybody. You have actually reached Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. And it's episode 255, which means one and one thing only. That means we are kicking off Irish Horror Appreciation. Irish Horror Movie Appreciation. Irish Horror Movie Appreciation Month. Yes, yes. Instead of celebrating. <laughs> and to do that, I turn the power for the first episode over to you. I gave you a choice of four deliciously scary horror uh, movies from the em- from the Emerald Isle to choose from. And you picked the one written by a Brit. Our nation once again. Our nation once again. No, mm, 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 mm. You're picking for a fight. You're picking to get your nose broke out in the parking lot. And then we have to take you... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fixing to get your nose broken out behind the pub, and then we have to throw you in the boot of the carrier to take you to the post office. To the post office, the hospital. Have I mentioned it's Irish Horror Appreciation Month? It means one thing and one thing only. It means Patrick's drinking, and he started early. What can I help it? It's in my blood. I have to celebrate my nationalism by getting sloshed to talk about this ridiculous, ridiculous movie. But first, please. Please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh. And twice a month, every month, I am your guide. Humble. Devilishly handsome. But still your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But there is a warning. Before we go one teeny tiny step further, you have to know. That when you come out the other side, you will not know everything about these horror movies. You, you will not only know everything about the horror movie that we're speaking of that day. You are going to have to... You're going to... Well, I'm going to gay it all up for you. I'm going to make it all so damn gay, you're going to be like, shit, that movie, gay. And I'll say, I know! And you say, I didn't. I said, well, I told you that's what the show's about. And you say, have another drink, Patrick. And I said, don't mind if I do. Because we have some stuff to talk about. And uh, not all of it's good. Unfortunately, because here at Scream Queen headquarters, we had some tragedy. Miss Moochie ran away. Yeah. She got out yesterday. I was taking out the recycling. It had all these uh, big boxes delivered from Amazon. Very, very large boxes. So I was struggling to get at the door with them. And I guess that's when she just kind of slipped through. And how's something that fat? was able to sneak through without me noticing at all, boggles my mind. I mean, Grant, I was, you know, 
carrying big things. I had limited vision, was focused on something else. But the fact that not only did she slip through, but then poof, disappeared in the hallway instantly. Well, I guess maybe she did, maybe she didn't, because I didn't notice her go. No, oh, no, no, no. I didn't notice for a really long time, and that's what's killing me. Because I went, I took out the recycling. I went, I got lunch. I did the, got the grocery shopping done. I made photocopies. I got a blowjob. I gave a blowjob. You know how it goes. It's another Thursday in Sunnyside, Queens. And I came back, and I still didn't notice she's gone. Because she's part Maine Coon. They're not super affectionate. Plus, she's been abused. She doesn't always come bolting at the door every time I come through. Most of the times, yes, she does. But it's not unusual if she doesn't. Because that's exercise. I didn't think anything. And I was sitting here in this chair I'm sitting in right now, diddling with this new audio software that I have, and I was playing with it for hours, and I suddenly realized, wait, 7 o'clock has come and 7 o'clock is gone, and I did not get hassled for treats. And as we've established, Miss Moochie is a larger lady, which means that she's difficult to conceal. There's really only one place in the house that covers her completely, and that's under the bed. And she wasn't there. She wasn't there. And I began to panic. And I did, but before, I had one last thought of sanity before all madness settled in, and that was, oh, they'll stand by. It works every time. Shake that treat bag. No, 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 that's not a euphemism. Like, when, oh, yeah, girl, shake that treat bag, work, work. No, 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 no. Like, grab the bag of treats and shake it. No matter where she is. Well, actually, no matter any, it's worse with any cat anywhere. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't have other cats showing up, but I didn't. I shook that bag and she didn't come and I knew it. something was wrong. And I was just about to lose it when the doorbell rang. It was the girl from two doors down. Because I don't know where she went on her hallway adventure, but she didn't go far. She just went two doors down because apparently the girl said, oh, I was sitting and I was, I was sitting on the sofa watching TV and all of a sudden the door came flying open and this cat just walked in. I said, yep, that's my girl. I told you she used to do that when she first got here. She'd be banging on the bedroom door and come before she was on all the medication to calm her and stuff. The door would come swinging open. She'd be standing there on two legs like Godzilla. None shall pass. Oh, no, she was scary. So I could just see her kicking down the door being like, where's some food? Bitch, get off the sofa. Get me some food or I will cut you. I see that totally happening. And I guess since Smoochie had gone all the way over there, she figured, you know what? It's just it's girls right now. Why don't we have a ladies... <laughs> Ladies brunch. Let's mix up some, I don't know, strawberry daiquiris or something. We'll talk about boys and we'll do our nails and we'll talk about <laughs> and when I say boys, I'm gonna tell you all the shit about that homo. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about that I'm gonna tell you everything about that piece of work you live in next to two doors down. Oh my god, the stories I have to tell. Girl sit down. And then eventually she brought her over. I am so mad at her. Cause she's done this before. It's been a long time. It was shortly after I got her, um, but after she was on meds, that she kicked out the screen in the window 
while I was away in Denver at that chorus concert I go to. And when I came back, she wasn't there. I called up Elena Acker, who was in the middle of a Broadway performance. I'm like, Elena, where's my kid? She's like, I'm in the theater right now. I paid $300 for this ticket. I said, fuck you. I'm on my cat. Well, that time she didn't go far either. She took the fire escape two flights up to go visit those two single eligible firemen that lived up there. Oh, excuse me, officer. I am in need of rescue. And when I say I, I mean my vagina. My vagina is in need of rescue. And I don't know if you're me. If you're not catching my drift, I need some dick. Now. But yeah, Smoochie's home. Smoochie's fine. And that was enough drama for 10 weeks right there. But you know what? There's a bit more. Hold on a second. Okay, let's do this part, shall we? Hey, Hey, remember since I just brought this up on the last episode, remember that time last year when I let that guy stay in my apartment for a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, out of goodness of my heart, he had nowhere to go. It was freezing cold, and then he robbed me. Remember him? Yeah, remember him? Well, it happened again. Yep, no, 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 not him, not him. Okay, here's the thing. Daddy does keep secrets. I'm trying to remember that asshole's name from last year. Paul. Paul was not the first person who stayed here who needed emergency housing. As I said, I've been there. I know what it's like. This apartment's big. It has plenty of room. If you need it for a couple of nights to get back on your feet, by all means, I'm more than happy to help you. But last year... There have been several people while this show's been going on. I know it sounds like a dirty secret, but I just don't talk about it because they have private lives and people might think something unsavory is going on, and it's not unsavory. Uh, this guy stayed here for almost a year after Bradford moved out. He's an established baker in Chicago now. He's opened up his own bakery, and he sends me baked goods all the time. He's like, you know, Patrick, I've never been able to do this without you. I said, I know, bitch. Give me some money. Not some, I don't want bread. Not this kind of bread. There's been maybe two others, and then Paul. And Paul was the first one that took advantage of the situation. And I was out with my friend at the, at, uh, at the movies, and he was like, I have this friend. You know, he was in this relationship, and his husband was beating the shit out of him all the time, so he ran away, but he wound up now in the frying pan. He's staying with this guy who's also very suspicious and playing weird psychological games and he's afraid to go home and he's sleeping out on the street. And this is, again, when it's two degrees outside, I said, oh, God, please, Kevin, don't tell me this. Please, please. I'm like, this is the same reason why I can't go to pet stores. I can't even walk past them because I want to take them all home. I said, oh, God, Kevin, bring them to me. And he did. But the thing is, I told this kid up front, this is the situation. This is what happened last year. Every fiber of my being is telling me not to help you. But every fiber of my being except my heart. And while I'm going to listen to my heart, I'm also going to acknowledge that my brain is screaming right now and I'm going to put all the plans into effect to keep what hap- to keep from what to keep what happened last year from happening again this year. I told them if I get a whiff of anything that makes my alarm bells go off, you're ha- you have to leave. And I think the problem with Paul was he got too comfortable here. And I, that's what I said to him too. I'm like, listen, 
I know what I'm saying is contradictory. You're welcome here. Make yourself at home, but you're not welcome here. Okay, you're welcome at the day's end, but not really. They don't want to stay there forever. No, not really. And make yourself at home means just make yourself comfortable. Don't worry about anything that would disturb me. If you need anything, I'd be more than happy to help you. But it doesn't mean start going through my drawers or rearranging things or anything that tips me off that you're getting a little too comfortable because that's when the bad things happen. He said, oh, sure. No, fine. Fine. No problem. No problem. Within 12 hours, he had opened up his own Netflix account in my name. Now, you may be thinking that's not a big idea. It's free, right? Uh Uh-huh. But the thing is, I was home when this happened. He was in the living room. He was on the Roku. And I guess he just couldn't use my account to watch whatever streaming movie. He felt home enough that he had to open up an account for himself. And I didn't find out about it from him. I found out about it from the credit unions because I have everything frozen still from last year. And they said, "Um, suspicious activity. Did you open this? And I said, no, I did not. And so I made him leave. And the amount of drama that has happened since then is astounding because this kid cannot admit he did something wrong. It's everybody's fault but his. And it just makes me sad. I said, ah, now I get this whole situation because I also kind of understand the abusive partner situation because I've now known you for three days and I want to beat the living shit out of you. Playing the victim all the time ensures only one thing, that you will always be the victim. Because even if you're playing it, that's the vibe you're giving out, that's the message you're giving out to the universe, and that's all you're ever going to be. Except some fucking responsibility for what you did. If you just apologized, I might have let it go. But he didn't. And I just found out today he's accusing... He's spreading rumors on Facebook that I poured weight that I poured wet paint on the few remain the few belongings of this wee poor homeless lad. Do you really think I would do that? Do you really think I would want to prolong this encounter any longer than it already has been? Any longer than it's already has gone on? Whatever. I can't even I'm really drunk and I'm angry now too. But I will not be doing that again. I really hate to harden my heart that way. But next time I hear somebody telling this hard luck story, I'll be like, well, the life's tough. Perhaps you should contact new alternatives. Go through the proper channels. I'm no longer proper channel. Well, I was never proper and I am a channel. Shut up! That was rude of you. How dare you? How very dare you? Is there anything else to talk about? Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is. So do all of you remember George Ann Strakosh? George Ann Strakosh, she guested on the show way, 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 way back. uh, The Dawn, not Dawn of the Dead, Dance of the Dead episode, which was coupled with the musical Zombie Prom when my friend Dana was on. And George Ann covered that because she was my date for the junior and senior prom. And of course, we're still friends. And I was talking to her this week, and she's got some stuff going on in the really grim grown-up life stuff, which is just black, but awful, and nobody gets depressed like Jordan gets depressed. You know how, I don't know if you ever saw interviews with Joss Whedon. He's like, the one thing that we could always knew to get an audience reaction was to get Willow to cry, because you take one look at those big blue eyes, and you do anything to make those eyes happy again. Jordan has them, but they're brown. And she's just 
moping and poping and flooping and flopping and huffing and puffing. I just said, Georgian. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Georgian. I know it's been 21 years. But for one last time, would you be my date for the prom? And she said yes. And we went to the prom. Yeah, the one on Broadway. Uh, wait a minute, Patrick, didn't you talk about this last week? Well, yes. Yes, sort of. I did see it already. And as soon as I walked out of the theater, I went, oh, shit, I should have invited Georgie. That would have made sense, you selfish, selfish man. And so opportunity arose, and I jumped all over it, unlike... Well, actually, yeah, the exact opposite of how I jumped on Georgian in a limousine that night. She still brings that up. She brought it up in intermission of the show. You, you, know, you really could have done anything you wanted to me in that limousine. But you didn't. I'm not bitter, but you didn't do anything. And I'm glad, actually, I got to see The Prom a second time. Because much like the movie last time, The Lure, my opinion on it changed greatly upon the second viewing. Not in a bad way, obviously, but... You know, because I said, on the surface, it's all uh, bright and fun and fluffy and happy and everything you want in a Broadway musical during a very depressing time. But then this time I was like, oh yeah, here we go. I mean, the social social justice stuff is there. The resistance is there. But I'm like, it's so fluffy. It's like, it's almost just afterthought. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, this is exactly the medicine we need right now. We've had about, I know I don't know about you, but I've had about all I can stand of angry people being angry, all the yelling, all the fighting, all the not backing down, all the not apologizing. It doesn't get you anywhere. But here, the medicine came, and it was grape-flavored, or bubble gum, or something. It was delicious, and it went right down. I said, wow, you didn't even notice you got some medicine in this. So do all of you remember George Ann Strakosh? George N. Strakoff, she guested on the show way, 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 way back. Uh, the Dawn, not Dawn of the Dead, Dance of the Dead episode, which was coupled with the musical Zombie Prom when my friend Dana was on. And George Ann covered that because she was the, my date for the junior and senior prom. And of course, we're still friends. And I was talking to her this week, and she's got some stuff going on in a really grim grown-up life stuff, which is just black, but awful, and nobody gets depressed like Jordan gets depressed. You know how, I don't know if you ever saw interviews with Joss Whedon. He's like, the one thing that we could always knew to get an audience reaction was to get Willow to cry because you take one look at those big blue eyes and you do anything to make those eyes happy again. Jordan has them, but they're brown. And she's just moping and poping and flooping and flopping and huffing and puffing. I just said, Georgian. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Georgian. I know it's been 21 years. But for one last time, would you be my date for the prom? And she said yes. And we went to the prom. Yeah, the one on Broadway. Uh... Wait a minute, Patrick, didn't you talk about this last week? Well, yes. Yes, sort of. I did see it already. And as soon as I walked out of the theater, I went, oh, shit, I should have invited Georgie. That would have made sense, you selfish, selfish man. And so opportunity arose, and I 
jumped all over it, unlike... Well, actually, yeah, the exact opposite of how I jumped on Georgiana in the limousine that night. She still brings that up. She brought it up in intermission of the show. You, you, know, you really could have done anything you wanted to me in that limousine, but you didn't. I'm not bitter, but you didn't do anything. And I'm glad, actually, I got to see The Prom a second time because much like the movie last time, The Lure, my opinion on it changed greatly upon the second viewing. Not in a bad way, obviously, but, you know, as I said, on the surface, it's all uh, bright and fun and fluffy and happy and everything you want in a Broadway musical during a very depressing time. But then this time I was like, oh yeah, here we go. I mean, the social social justice stuff is there. The resistance is there. But I'm like, it's so fluffy. It's like, it's almost just afterthought. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, this is exactly the medicine we need right now. We've had about, I, know, I don't know about you, but I've had about all I can stand of angry people being angry, all the yelling, all the fighting, all the not backing down, all the not apologizing, it doesn't get you anywhere. But here, the medicine came, and it was grape-flavored, or bubblegum, or something. It was delicious, and it went right down. I said, wow, you didn't even notice you got some medicine in this. And some of it was quite serious medicine. But <laughs> Okay, so you're going to have to indulge me just a little bit longer about the prom, because A, it's my show, and B, I've had scotch. And C... I'm going to talk about some very serious LGBT issues that are in this show, The Prom. Yeah, there's the one that I talked about. If she wants to take her girlfriend to The Prom, town freaks out, cancels Prom. This is sadly a tale as old as time, but I'm sorry if I'm going to spoil this. for some, It's a big shock at the end of Act 1. Hey, if you're listening and you're in New York and you're planning on going, just skip to when you hear the Rawhead Rex trailer, okay? I don't want you to ruin that. Uh, to miss out, rather. So I'm going to give you ten, uh, five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. The school reaches, the town, rather, reaches a compromise that they'll send, that, yeah, okay, this girl can have her prom. The girl gets to the school that night, and there's nobody there. There's actually a second prom somewhere else, where everybody else is. She can have her own prom all by herself. And you may think, wow, that's really shitty. But it's only a play, except that really happened. It happened in 2010. I recognized it immediately. I remember at the time, like, that is so absolutely mean. But I think it was the other way around. I think she had to be hauled out into the middle of nowhere and left in the middle of nowhere for a prom by herself. That everybody else in the whole town had conspired to make sure that up until that moment that she walked in, she did not know. All because she loved another girl. That's shitty. And even as light and fluffy and as happy as this musical is, did you see the uproar? That the clip of them performing on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade caused? Just because two girls kissed? For two seconds? Uh, But it's family programming. My kids were watching. Now I have to explain to them why those girls were kissing and that it's sinful and they're lesbians. So, social justice doesn't always have to be bitter and angry and shouting in the streets. Sometimes you can make your point 
with a whole lot of laughs and a whole bunch of catchy musical numbers, too. You know, as Mary Poppins says, a spoonful of sugar helps the straight guy go down. Wait, no, that's not it. How does that song again? Wait, those aren't the words? They should be the words. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Would you just look at the time? Oh, my gosh. I've been talking for 25 minutes. Oh, no. I had a whole other Broadway trip to tell you about. Oh, I just heard everybody go, oh, no. I'm so sorry. We have to miss that. Oh, but you would have loved it. It was about a gloomy Irish drama that was three and a half hours long. Oh, well, we're really sorry. We're going to miss that, Patrick. Oh, no, you won't. You won't. I'll tell you about it next time because there is a reason why I'd be interested in it because it had not one but two horror movie actresses. And okay, you're probably saying, well, February is over, Patrick. Women in horror movies is over. So what? We're just supposed to forget women? Happen for the rest of the year? We're just supposed to like ignore them for the, ne- the next 11 months? Why, why not, Patrick? That's what we've done for thousands of years. Oh, shut up. We're not doing it here. But we're not doing it now because we're doing it next time. I'm not ignoring them. You're making me do this. Okay, you're making me do this. You know, I mean, if, if, you, if I thought, really thought you wanted to hear about what went on at the Gloomy Irish drama, I would tell you right now, but I know you don't. I'm getting emails like, Pending, when you take a bit, this stuff is so boring. Because I need to educate you, okay? It's important. You're so stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. No, you're not. No, actually, you know, when I talk this much at the beginning of the show, that's usually for one of two reasons. Okay, and I'm sure those of you who've been listening long enough can spot them a mile off. When I'm rambling that much at the beginning of the show, that means I have either not done enough preparation for the main segment and I'm trying to cover it by adding as much running time as I possibly can to cover up the small main segment, you know, that kind of thing. Or I don't have anything to say about the main segment. You get to guess which one this is. Oh, and for those of you who voted for Rawhead Rex to be the movie that kicks off Irish Horror Movie Month, yeah, I I, I, I got one thing to say. I got one thing to say. I'm not mad at you, okay? I'm not, I'm not. Get that out of your head. I'm not mad at you. I'm just really fucking disappointed in you. Really? This was the best you could do during the month of my people? Well. Pardon me while I go have a shamrock shake while I play the trailer for Rawhead Rex. And the wheels of the roller coaster begin to come off. What I saw wasn't human. Oh my god! He was very tall. What's more, it saw me. This thing. So if by some chance any of you were wondering why, Patrick, why 
are you doing a month on Irish horror? I'm like, well, duh, I'm Irish, and duh, it's March, so St. Patrick's Day. But one of the things I am proud about my Irish heritage is that Ireland is a country that is steeped in this wonderful supernatural folklore. It's a rich tradition of it. I mean, even the traditional religion of Ireland, the Celtics, shrouded in mystery, shrouded in superstition, and shrouded in, in all kinds of dark tales told behind you know cupped hands and hushed voices. Of course, it wouldn't be such a mystery about the Celtic religion had the Catholic Church not come in and massacred all of them, but that's a whole thing. That's neither here nor there. Have another green beer, kids. But no, I mean, besides not, it's not just leprechauns, man. I mean, leprechauns are okay. I mean, granted, leprechauns are scary over there, not like they made over here. I mean, or with, with the stupid leprechaun movies. But you know, it's a country roaming its green hills or banshees and the Sheog, Pukas, Kelpies changelings ooh, the list goes on and on and all of them are very very bad and very very Irish in their own sense meaning that they have a weird sense of humor to them which I also appreciate about my people but really what better place to set a story about some demon god monster that's somehow part of the land itself and as long as the land exists this God will too, and this God must be appeased. If you're going to tell a story like that, this is the place to do it. But instead, they decided to make this movie Rawhead Rex. What the fuck did you guys make me watch? What the fuck did you guys make me watch? Are you mad at me? I mean, did I do something to offend you in some way? I'm looking at you, Patreon people. Sure, I'm calling you my superstar screamers now, and this is the thanks I get. Oh, gosh. Oh, I see how it is. Oh, I see. I see. It's because of Allison and the tits, right? See, you still haven't forgiven me. You're siding with her on the whole Dr. Gingles issue, too. I get it. I get it. Okay, okay. Oh, boy. I know. I know. Ultimately, the fault does fall on me because I picked the four movies to choose from to start with. I figured they'll never pick that one. Or oh, actually, what I thought was, I seem to remember this is about a dick monster. I didn't like it back then, but I don't remember anything about it. Maybe I'll like it better now. So I, with my, my hopeful optimism always radiating through at all times. Was that it? Was that you saw that radiating? My optimism, he said, let's squash it. Well, good, because that's what I would have done too. Oh, golly gee whiz. Okay, so this is a story of a town in Ireland, and there's a family from America there who are yeah, – the dad's an author of some kind, and he's researching um, – religious spots that have always been religious like it's yeah it's a church now but even before it was a church it was something else before that and then something else before that and something else before that why this spot why this spot indeed because this happens to be the spot of rawhead rex now i know this is a story by clive barker and in another world i would have hunted down the short story and reread that as well but the thing is i watched the movie first and it kind of quelched, just, just, just squelched, rather, all desire to do anything ever again, much less go research a story about the movie I just watched. I just, I just want nothing else to do. I just want to leave. I don't want to talk about it now. I just don't want to do. No, I realize this probably might have been fun watching it with people, 
having a few beers or even if I was having a guest on. Because sometimes when I – no, not sometimes. When I'm watching a movie that I know I'm going to be watching with the guest, part of my brain is watching it as the guest. So I'm imagining how they're reacting to stuff and imagining what it must be like to see this scene for the first time. And this is an exciting thing for me. And this is just like – rip my head off. Raw head racks just, just come to the TV screen and rip my head off because I don't want to watch it anymore. Anyway, this family happens to be passing through this teeny tiny town on the wrong day because Rawhead Rex is about to rise. Because I, no, I know I, t- I said I remember reading somewhere that this demon is supposed to be like the personification of dicks, and you can see that echoed in the scene design because everything in this town is a dick. Everything is dick-shaped. Everything. It's like, oh, there's another phallic symbol. And uh, Kaylee, uh, uh, Carly, rather. Hi, Carly. She sent me this great little meme afterwards of how to make a drinking game out of Rawhead Rex. But it's like, thanks, Carly. I watched it a week ago. What good does this do me now? Oh, the drinking in the world isn't going to close these wounds. Oh, lordy. The problem with the movie, there are many. There are many, but the main thing is that the design for Rawhead Rex is ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. This would not inspire fear in anyone. And the fact that this is supposed to be not just a demon, but a god among demons is just hilarious. Because all of the rest of the dialogue, all the dialogue has all this gravitas about how serious this is and how he will, he'll rise and all powerful. And then this thing shows up and it's like, what? Did nobody approve it? Nobody look at the design? Why are you lighting it like this? And some scenes it's even, oh my God. Okay, the thing is, the problem is it's clearly a rubber mask. And the actor in the rubber mask is gesticulating so much that the rubber mask has kind of got a life of its own now. It's like wiggling on its own in ways that flesh doesn't wiggle. And believe me, I know all the ways that flesh wiggles. I've even invented a few myself. Thank you very much. But, oh, Lordy. There is one scene in particular that I thought was amazing. Before I move on, let's go back here. And the thing is, this costume is how this movie shoots itself in the dick, not just once, but over and over and over again. Whatever suspense, whatever dread, whatever fear you might have generated with dialogue about this thing goes whoosh right out the window the minute you lay eyes on it because it is stupid. Stupid. And he's wearing a heavy metal outfit from like QVC. I I, I remember I used to bartend at a kosher catering facility and it would remind me when we had some of the bar mitzvahs come in and you had somebody's uncle who thought they were cool and they'd come in and do a metal number like i played in a band when i was 14 and they're wearing their old heavy metal cover you're like oh no oh no uncle Charmy, sit down please uncle Charmy, take off take it off but no 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 don't take off the spandex pants just just go home uncle Charmy, go home it kind of reminded me of that he's like oh i'm so this this thing's stomping around the the irish countryside i'm going what Inspiring no fear in anyone. I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the poor actors who have to respond to this thing. They're doing their best. For the most part, everybody in this is doing their best. The problem is, is that the rest of it is so damn serious 
it's joyless and but it's serious but not well executed. Also, the main actor in this his name is David Dukes, and I know I've I've seen him in stuff before, but wasn't that the name of the Grand Wizard of the KKK? Wasn't that David Dukes? Is he in Rawhead Rex? I really don't know what's going on. I didn't really care to do any research either. No, no, I didn't care to do anything. I just I just wanted to stop existing watching this and. The, Okay, so you can't really have some demon god coming back without some kind of Renfield character. He's kind of human sidekick who's enabling all of this. And that's this evil priest. Evil priest who is always cranked to 11. Evil priest who's got no subtext whatsoever. Everything is right out there. The second you lay eyes on him, you go, yeah, he's evil. No surprises there whatsoever. And he yells all of his dialogue all the time. And apparently at his audition, he yelled his entire audition. I said, well, he showed off what he did and he got on the roll. So there you go. I mean, I mean just, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. What I was talking about before, about shooting yourself in the dick. There is a scene that should be, in any other movie, devastating. Because, like I said, this is a family that's traveling through. The guy's researching the church and he's got his wife who oddly makes weird lines Sexy, like random lines all of a sudden come out like, ooh, let's go ahead and get some lunch, which comes, which comes across as like, why don't you come and eat my beaver or something? No, no, but no, no, she doesn't come across like a mom. She doesn't seem related to these children at all. She has his two kids as well. She doesn't seem related to the children at all. She seems like she's found them. Like if this was another movie, it'd be like a caper movie. And we have to get these kids across the country to their real parents before, I don't know, the UFO comes back and whatever. I don't know. It's like Escape from Witch Mountain now, but without the witches on the mountain. I don't know. Just leave me alone. I don't know what's happening. My rolling chair is rolling backwards and I'm about to fall down. And if I die talking about raw head wrecks, that seems also kind of appropriate at this point because I think I did die watching it. And it's all been a Jacob Slatter scenario since then. Anyway, they're—I don't know what they're going to. Do. I don't know what they're going. They're in the car going somewhere. The little girl has to pee because she's a little girl, and whatever because kids pee. And they stop in the graveyard. The dad goes to go with her to pee, and 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 he leaves her alone for a second. She starts screaming. So he he goes running her. The mom gets out of the car, goes running the girl, leaves the boy in the car. And while the boy's left alone in the car, Rawhead Rex shows up and kills the little boy's ass. In another movie, this should be Gage getting hit by the truck. This should be rip your heart out, emotional high point of this movie. And it's not because this is when the mask somehow got worse. It was like for some reason, like somebody forgot the mask or whatever. The, the mask was not available. Maybe they had to repair it. So they had to go find some other mask from the, dire, the dollar store or the pound store or whatever they have in Ireland. And it kind of sort of looked like it. And just go with it. Just go with it. I, I don't know where they got this. I'm like, what? It, it, <laughs> It went from bad rubber to like a Donkey Kong outfit for a second. I'm like, okay, so like, I was expecting him to open the car door and start throwing barrels at the kid, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And what's sad too? This 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 moments of strangeness that I just wish we had pursued. Or I just all of a sudden it got really weird. I said, I want to know more about what's happening right here, but I know you're not going to tell me anything. Like there's the townsfolk. There's a scene where we're in a caravan park, you know, a trailer park kind of thing. And we meet this family. I guess they're a family. I don't know because we don't get any backstory on anybody. There's random victims that come through who we spend a lot of time with, but we don't know who they are or what they have to do with anything except they're going to get eaten soon. But this whole family, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, did we just stumble into some kind of carny town? Are these circus people? Because all of them are really weird looking and dressed really strangely. I'm going, okay, I know it's Ireland and maybe the fashions are not up to snuff, but a bit over there. But some of these people, I'm going, you are, you look like cartoons come to life, like like comic strip 
characters, not comic book, but comic strip characters. Like if the Wizard of Ed all of a sudden came to life and I was, I don't know what, I don't know, I didn't know what was happening. And the thing was, after a while, it just took this weird kind of numb came over my whole body. I'm just kind of staring at the screen like nothing's really going in anymore because nothing's happening on screen that's of any interest at all. And, and I just kind of relented and went to my happy place. Okay, I used to tell Bradford. Okay, okay. Wow, well, this is about to take a real weird turn. You guys know my mom had an alcohol problem. And I remember some nights I'd be in bed and she'd come into my bedroom drunk. And she'd sit on the bed and she'd be talking about, she'd start talking to me or she'd be crying and apologizing for something. I could never understand her, whatever she was, that she was a bad mom. And she'd be crying and like snot would be dropping down on me. And the thing was, I would just pretend not to be awake and not to be hearing any of it. I'd be playing possum. Until she went away. Like, if I just keep playing possum, she'll go away. Because if I open my eyes and acknowledge that she's awake, that we're going to have a conversation, that would be bad. That's kind of how I felt with this movie. I just kind of started playing possum. Like, maybe if I don't move or call any attention to myself, the movie will just wander away on its own. Because <laughs> didn't seem to be following any set path as it is. But it just, I just kind of gave, it's like I relented, I just gave over consent to the movie. Just like, do what you want. Just get it over with, please. This movie's terrible. I don't even... I mean, this is... I mean, I've seen some shit on this... I... I I don't even know what to say. Like, listen to me. I can't even finish a sentence. Because the movie didn't give me any sentences to finish. It's half thoughts and half-baked ideas. And no wonder Clive Barker was pissed. No wonder Clive Barker doesn't let people make movies out of his films anymore. Which I get. I mean, Clive Barker stuff... One of the uh, gay horror groups online and someone saying, why aren't there more Clive Barker movies? They should make this movie. They should make that movie. I said, they could make that movie. They could make The Great and Secret Show, but they'll fuck it up. Like, any attempt, so much of his stuff is cerebral or internal or that kind of H.P. Lovecraft is taking you to some place that's beyond the imagination. So whatever your imagination comes up with trying to fill that void, uh, uh, trying to make Clive's description of this other world makes sense in your brain, whatever that's like in your head is going to blow away anything that the movie is going to put on screen. So that's always going to be a problem with a Clive Barker movie. So I understand when Clive's like, fuck it, no, I'm doing it or nobody's doing it. I'm sorry, what I should say is, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm sorry, that was mean. Clive Barker has throat cancer and that's how he sounded at Horror Hound Weekend. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that was mean. But it's true. That is what he would say. And he would laugh. He would laugh. I asked Dan Bobby, who works with him on Nightbreed, he would laugh at that. And she's probably like, why? What? Why? What? And Bobby's like, I'm just going to hang up the phone now. But, um, I, I really don't know what is. I mean, people like this movie. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, if, I mean it is, is it so bad it's good? Because, I mean, it's, no, no, I'm going to say it's not. It's just bad. It's bad. I mean, it's got these weird. <laughs> You know what? You tell me. You guys picked it. You tell me why you wanted me to watch this. Because I have literally no idea. You have stumped me. This has not happened before in eight and a half years. That I am baffled by your choices. And deeply disappointed, as we established earlier. All right. Um, I, I, I can pontificate more. 
on Rawhead Rex, but I really don't see the point. I cannot recommend this movie. I can't. I, my brain is already flushing it out, like the toxin that it is to be passed away in my urine, as they say in Ireland. Although this does give me time. Since I can't really talk about Rawhead Rex because there's nothing to talk about, I can tell you all about the ferryman now. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that now. But, but let's just say that gloomy Irish drama had more supernatural shit going on in this, in it, than this thing did. Because, oh, yeah, sure, it was about the IRA, but, oh, there were also banshees and she-oaks and all this other shit showing up and figures of death and premonitions and, and – yeah. And nobody showed up in like a – I'm even trying to think. It wasn't even a good heavy metal outfit. He was wearing, so I'm trying to think of like a shitty band. Rat. 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 Yeah, I'm going to go with Rat. Rat with two Ts. They sucked. Okay, <laughs> she's wearing this rat heavy metal outfit. Nobody showed up at that and wearing that in the ferryman. So they'd been like, oh, sure, Seamus. Go home, you drunk. Put on. <laughs> Stop wearing your wife's fetches gear out to the, <laughs> to the pub, Seamus. You're embarrassing all of us. I think the moment that sums the whole movie up perfectly in a nutshell is when the maniac priest is, you know, having one of his loud religious ecstasy moments, you know, creaming himself over Rawhead Rex. And he's screaming, look at him! He is a god! And I'm like, no, look at him. He's Uncle Sherman, and he's drunk, and he's pissed himself. It's time to go home from the bar mitzvah, Uncle Sherman. So that's Rawhead Rex. Go fuck yourself. I can't, I, I, okay, bleh, bleh. I need a moment to reconnoiter and, like, I don't know, just do anything. I need to go douche. So that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, is going to wrap things up for episode 255. Was this even an episode? Did we do a show? I don't know about you, but I sure as heck didn't. I don't know. What a mess. What a big fat mess. But you know what? I think it's kind of appropriate that Irish Horror Month starts that way. That's just kind of the reverse. I'm going to predict we're having a reverse Irish holiday happening here. Because normally it's a big mess by the end of it, and you're throwing people out, <laughs> finding people sleeping in the, in the cupboards like four days later. Yeah, that's, that, that's just happened now. This, this is a drunk uncle <laughs> cornering you at the party talking endlessly about relatives who you never knew who've been dead for 75 years. Yeah, that, uh, that's, uh, that's all done now. We've done that. And then when Aaron McGuire comes on next time to talk about the movie Grabbers, we're going to have the fun party. We're going to have the Irish week. You know, the fun that you have when someone's dead in Ireland. Because that's the way my people roll, and that's the way I like it. We don't have any voicemail or emails today, but that's okay. But if you want to get in touch with the show, if you want to call in and tell me, why did you like Rawhead Rex? Why did you want me to watch this? What did you expect out of me? And can I do it? Can, how can I do it? How can I please you better? Shall I do it again? You want me to try it again? Maybe I'll wear something a little more comfortable. Perhaps talk in this voice. Who is this person? Who is this person talking? I don't like this person. He's been me, creeping me out. So I'm going to talk like me again. Anyway, if you want to do any of that stuff, you pick up your phone. You stick at your finger and you stick it in. You stick it. Well, actually, no, you don't stick it in. Well, I don't know. Never mind. I'm thinking about the dial, but they don't have dials anymore. Patrick, just give the goddamn phone number. 
Fine, if you want me to be boring, 917-720-2047. Gosh. Or if you prefer to write me, you can get me at crew at screamqueens.com. And, of course, that's Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens, and I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And if you are... A Scream Queens super fan. Now is a great time to become a patron. Lots of things are going on over there. Things are changing. We're getting all kinds of new stuff. We're getting a new approach and the stickers come out. Anyway, it's a good time. If you, if, you, if you want more Scream Queens in your ear holes, that's the place to go. And you'll be supporting the show. And you'll be near and dear to my heart, even more than you already are. I mean, you, you can always get deeper. Did I just say that? Yeah, put that on the T-shirt. You can always get deeper, Patrick Walsh quotable quotes okay so until next time my beautiful beautiful streamers continue to make the world a creepier place and never ever forget the scream queen's golden rule fight or flight survive the night make it to the final reel darling ha ta 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 the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.